All right, welcome to the Jesus Famous Podcast. This little podcast exists to see Jesus honored, glorified, loved, esteemed, appreciated, adored, revered, and followed Jesus Famous in your everyday life. I'm Nate Holdridge, pastor of Calvary Monterey on the California Central Coast. I preach about Jesus Famous on Sundays, but love to write and podcast about Jesus Famous during the week. Our show consists of interviews and discussions and stories that we all think will help propel you further into an appreciation of Jesus. And uh, you might be part of our church, Calvary Monterey, you might not be, and either way, you're welcome to join in with us uh, once or many times. We're just happy to have you. Thanks for uh, listening. Uh, Today, uh, we are ending a long summer break, which I'm really thankful for. And I've got a few updates to give you uh, about the show, just some developments, kind of our vision for where the show is going to go. But before I do that, I want to tell you that parents are going to especially love uh, this episode that we're about to give to you. I'm joined today by my wife, Christina, and I've got a bunch of questions for her about the selflessness of parenthood and parenthood in general. Do we understand what selfless parenting looks like? Are we supposed to be tired all the time? Can we enjoy parenting? And what does it look like to be a Jesus follower when it comes to parenting? So not small subjects, and I'm sure we're not going to cover everything that there is to cover, but we want to especially hone in on that subject of selflessness in parenthood and understanding that appropriately because I think, frankly, a lot of times we get the wrong idea about what that is. But before I welcome her and we begin the uh, chat, I do want to give you, as I said, a little update about the show. Uh, Here in 2022, we restarted the the uh, podcast. I think we're around 150 episodes in uh, to uh, this uh, podcast. I think with our first episodes airing way back in 2016 or so. And you can go back in the archive on your podcast app and you can uh, listen to any of those episodes. We've got all different types of episodes. Some of them were discussions about articles that I'd written. Some of them were just readings of articles that I'd written. Um, lots of chats with uh, Riley and myself, and we've had a great time. This year, when we restarted the show, uh, we decided that we would try, I think, what turned out to be a pretty ambitious recording schedule. We thought that we would uh, release an episode every Tuesday uh, that would be a recap and a discussion of my previous Sunday sermon here at Calvary Monterey. And then secondly, we would post uh, throughout the rest of the week interviews and discussions that um, I or we found fascinating. And we've had some great talks. And To be honest, I think two things came out of those first six or seven months of trying that pace. One is, I think we discovered internally that the pace was a little bit too aggressive for us to be able to maintain year-round. I'm not a professional podcaster. I'm a local church pastor, and there are plenty of other things to do, not just for myself, but the people who uh, help make this podcast possible. 
Uh, but then secondly, I think what we also discovered is that people were really enjoying the conversations, the interviews, the discussions that I was having with other people. And I think if I'm being honest, I was probably enjoying those uh, more as well. I love talking, of course, about the sermons that I preached on Sunday and, of course, even more so the Bible that those sermons are centered upon. Uh, but it just always felt a little funky to us in that uh, if you hadn't heard that sermon, the conversation might not make as much sense. And we'd really love for each one of these episodes to stand on their own and for you to be able to tune into them at any point in your life and to be able to make sense of them. So for the rest of 2022 and hopefully beyond, our plan is to shift our episodes to be more of those discussions. Uh, so my hope is to chat about articles that I've written uh, with people that I um, you know, look up to and admire, uh, to talk with authors that I appreciate uh, who are writing for the church, encouraging the church that I'd like to expose you to. I'd also like to uh, continue to have Jesus famous stories, testimonies of God's grace. So interviewing people who just have a beautiful tale to tell. And uh, uh, so I'm looking forward to those types of episodes. And then we a big decision was we're going to release these every other week. So, uh, you know, rather than, you know, trying to have a one or two episodes per week posting pace, uh, we're going to try something a little more reasonable and uh, do it uh, twice a month or every other week. So 26 shows a year. Uh, we think we can pull that off and uh, you know, maybe by doing less better will be a greater encouragement uh, to you. The big elephant in the room uh, not that he's an elephant, but is uh, Riley, Pastor Riley, uh, Riley Monzo. He and I have been chatting on this podcast since the very beginning. And so even though I'm taking a little bit more of a driver's seat, it's really not because of anything that he's done. He's just always great on the mic. We all love Riley. And I'm going to make sure that I'm making space to get him on here as well, because uh, he's just such a blessing. He's behind the computer right now actually doing a little bit of recording uh, for us. So that's the update for the show. I'll remind you of that on the next episode as well. But without further ado, I want to welcome my wife, Christina, to the show. Hello, hello. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, it's great to be here. You are the best mom mm. that I know. So it's, <laughs> it's really fun to talk about parenting well, with you. thank you. <laughs> You, uh, you look beautiful today, by oh, the way. Hey, yeah, thanks. I know this is an audio podcast, but man, I'm telling you guys, if you could be here, you would see exactly what I'm talking about. Wow, thanks. Um, so um, we, this year, and we've been doing a uh, growth night uh, once a month with our church, where we've been uh, teaching the men and the women about different subjects. And uh, one of the nights was on parenting. I think we called it Jesus Famous Men uh, and Women uh, Serve Their, their homes. homes. Yeah, yeah, for Jesus or for Christ. And, um, you know, I've really enjoyed those times. And I think that your teaching to the women about uh, motherhood and, you know, breaking into that was fantastic. And I'd love to talk with you about 
uh, parenting a little bit. That kind of just brought up lots of like subjects and content. Uh, but maybe a f- good first question is, do you, do you like being a, a parent? <laughs> yeah, that, I, that is a good question and I love it. Um, man, it's like one of the greatest blessings of my life. You mm. know, there's Jesus, there's you, and there's being a parent. I can't think of a better gift than our three girls. So I just love it. Yeah, yeah. it really shows for sure. And just for people that are listening, um, so that you can kind of know where we're coming from. We're at a stage where we have three older teenage daughters, or I guess mid-teenage as well. Uh, our oldest at this stage is almost 19, and then we've got a, a 16-year-old and a almost 15-year-old. Right. So um, our oldest is um, kind of in her, like, she's sophomore, junior-ish in college, and uh, the others are still in high school, and all girls too. So I always kind of feel like a little bit like we're disqualified from talking to like yeah, half the I parents know. out there, you yeah. know, like about dude stuff. We are. <laughs> <laughs> There's only some basic truths. <laughs> you know, I was talking to some guys though recently and they were asking me some questions about how to talk to their sons about some delicate right. things, you know, because their sons were getting older and, you know, they're like, Hey, and I know you don't have sons, <laughs> but what I realized when they were asking me these questions is I realized I've talked to hundreds of young men about these really awkward subjects. Oh, so so I, maybe I don't have sons, but I've got a fair amount of experience of having the awkward pastor conversations and yeah. getting into some pretty nitty gritty kind of stuff. I'm yeah, sure it's yeah, yeah. even pricklier when it's your own kid, but I don't think we have nothing to say. We're no, we don't have word. nothing to say. Yeah, I actually love little boys, so... They were always my favorite when I was a teacher in my classrooms. Sorry, Lauren, Violet, June. Um, <laughs> um, I love having three girls, but yeah, I love I love uh, little boys. They're so much fun. So, well, I think yeah. I've told you this before, but I think you're the reason why we never had any boys. Okay, not some biological reason, but hmm. I've always seen the way that you are with little boys, and I thought if we. Ed ever had a little you boy, would be jealous he would have the biggest oh, ego in the okay. world because you're just always pumping up <laughs> little boys like wow you're so strong wow you're so yeah oh. so no it wouldn't be a jealousy thing for oh, me it would phew. just be i think he would have the biggest head in the Man. world so you're real the real gift of encouragement i have <laughs> for little boys for only yeah anyways okay so i wanted to ask you i recently heard uh this uh someone sent me this set of parenting affirmations, like things that you say to yourself, you know, as a <laughs> okay. parent. All right. And, uh, one of them kind of, I mean, they all kind of caught my attention. Some of them were more biblical than others, but one of them said, it's okay. In fact, it's necessary to take care of me too. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think the idea is like, yeah, Hey, I'm trying to be selfless. I've got all this stuff going on. I'm trying to take care of this kid. It kind of sounds a little bit like a maybe a parent of a younger child, but I'm sure maybe someone with a teenager could feel the same way as well. But kind of preaching the message to yourself that it's actually needed. It's not just okay. It's actually needed for me mm-hmm. to take a little time for myself, to uh, pay attention to self-care, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious just that affirmation. Do, do you agree with that? And 
and uh, you know, what's my response? Yeah. How yeah, so, yeah, yeah. if you do agree with it, how so? If if you don't like, what are, what's some nuance in there? Yeah, yeah. My first take on that is like whoosh. It, it depends entirely on your interpretation of it, ah. completely, and probably. I would say that that would best be interpreted um, sitting with a girlfriend, looking eye to eye, holding a cup of coffee, knowing her and saying, it is okay to take care of yourself or you might be taking care of yourself a little bit too much. I think there's just so much nuance to put it in. I mean, you're probably hoping for me to say something way more basic, (laughs) but um, that's my first reaction to that is like, it depends entirely on the person and how they interpret that because that kind of thing can be taken um, way out of hand. And I don't know that there's some balance. In fact, I think maybe we'll be talking about some of those things. I don't think there's like some balance between being selfish and selfless and self-care isn't necessarily selfish. Um, But yeah, so my first answer is kind of a lame one, but it's like, it depends entirely who you are and your interpretation of it. No, I don't, I don't think that's lame at all. I mean, because in a sense, I think the, the affirmation is trying to say, there are times where one of the most um, others-oriented things that you can do is make sure that you're all right. Like if you're a parent and you aren't taking the time for your devotional life or you're not taking the time to get some fresh air, you're not taking the time for appropriate levels of exercise or you're not taking time to have friendships with people that are not five. You know, If you're not taking Mm -hmm. the time to do that, you're actually... Uh, uh, behaving in a way that's detrimental to the very children that you're trying to serve. But I think what you're saying is it really takes uh, some real honesty and like each person needs to answer that question themselves and could probably use someone else to help them navigate that question because there are people for whom, no, it's totally slipped into the realm of selfishness. Like, you know, I, you and me, we were watching that show recently. It was about like, uh, it, it was that the uh, Indian woman who yeah, match makes. Yeah. Right. And so in India, she gets hired by these families to right. match make. And that one, there was this one girl that was cracking me up because she, she wanted to get married and she didn't want anything in her life to change. Right. She wanted all the money, all the free time, all that. Yeah. She wanted nothing in her life to change. And I yeah. just thought, you don't want to be married. You yeah. you love you. You got you. <laughs> You're all set. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes like that's the message someone needs to hear is like, Act, no, you're doing good on the self-care right. front. That's is, what I'm saying. That's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that to me just highlights, I think, the importance of being in a gospel community with 100%. other people. Because so many people are just doing the like, I'm going to listen to a podcast (laughs) speaking of, you know, here we are on a podcast, but so many people are thinking like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to read a book, listen to a sermon. And those things can be helpful. I mean, I have had my soul searched by so many books over the years, but nothing can replace a real human being that you're in relationship with. Um, even you might run something by them and they might not even have the courage to be like, actually, no, I don't think that's true for you. But there's going to be something. There's going to be mm-hmm. like a little blink or like a pause right. or like a hesitation or a lack of enthusiasm that kind of can help you say like, wait, am I missing something here? Right. And 
the the wise person will get that counsel. Is that kind of what you're? That, that you're is what I'm to? saying. And I think in marriage, when you're parenting in a family where there's a married couple, then sometimes that helps to bring that dynamic to it because you're kind of helping each other with those, I don't know, checks and balances. But then there's single parents out there that I mean, I think married moms and dads need friends for these and community for these kinds of things too. But then single moms out there or single dads, they almost need it double because there's nobody watching their parenting in the same way that a married couple has. They need eyes on their family. They need help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To be able to discern, Mm -hmm. you know, so even on a topic like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So obviously, you know, thinking about selflessness in parenting, I mean, a lot of people would just say, oh yeah, of course, parenting, it's a real selfless thing. Right. You're others oriented, others centered the whole time. But for us as Christians, what we're saying is, you know, Jesus taught us that greatness comes through service and sacrifice. Right. And that if we want to be great in God's kingdom, we must be the servant of all, you know? Right. And so we want to take those Christ-like principles into our parenting. We want to be servants, but I heard you recently talking to moms about like what selflessness is not, you know? Yeah. So have you seen that? Are we sometimes getting wrong ideas when we hear the word selflessness? Are some people coming to wrong conclusions about what that looks like in parenting? What, what would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Um, I think if we look at Jesus and we see all the things you're saying, you know, he lowered him, himself, he emptied himself, he taught to serve, he taught that if we lose our lives, we'll find it. He taught and exemplified all that. We can watch his model with the disciples and see how he in a way, in a sense, raised them and trained them and sent them out. And I think that has to be our definition of selflessness because by, by nature, the culture or our temperaments or our personalities, even if we think like that concept sounds nice, oh yeah, selflessness is required or is good or is admirable in parenting. What that, the definition of what that means um, can be so far from mm. what Jesus said and what Jesus modeled in his life. And so we have to look to Jesus to see what he did and how he did it uh, because our our temperaments, our personalities, the culture, yeah, it's all going to define it in a mixed up way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, some of the things that I have seen people interpret as selfishness, that's or selflessness, that's what you're asking, right? Yeah, yeah I don't know. I mean, um, this is maybe one end of the spectrum, but I, I've heard you know, um, moms feel like selflessness in parenting is never getting to take a shower or selflessness in parenting. It means they never have a quiet time because they just, they need to be with their kids 24 seven or selflessness means that they're the only ones who can ever be taking care of their kids. No, no dad, no aunts, no friends, that it's their job and their job only, or it means that they're um, allowing their kids to be dictating their entire day and their kids' moods and their kids' habits just dictate the entire day, rule the house, you know, that's selflessness because they're, they're, they're giving up what they want and they're Mm -hmm. doing what their kid wants. And um, I mean, I could go on and on, but I just, I don't think those are the accurate definition of selflessness. Yeah. Well, for the record, I want to say that when our because a lot of those are really like um, early childhood. Yeah, that's true. That's related, true. Right. Yeah. So um, 
you know, cause I, I mean, we have teenage daughters right now. I don't think it's like a struggle. The shower struggle with teenage daughters is that we could still get <laughs> yeah. some hot water. Yeah. You know? yeah. But, um, I want to say for the record that I'm very thankful when our kids were little that you uh, took showers. Okay. That was a blessing mm -hmm. and that you had a quiet time. <laughs> that was good. You know, God was speaking to you, helped you, matured you, sure. calmed you down, spoke to you. I love that. I love yeah. that you spent time with me still. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, that you would, I remember like you would let me just kind of do my thing with the kids. You know, they're just little babies. I know that, you know, it's like when it comes to the level of experience that I have compared to mm -hmm. you, you know, like you're, you were with them so much more. They were living inside of you. They grew inside sure. of you. You know, there was just like a closeness there, but I, I remember distinctly moments where just like you were, you know, it was like, all right, Nate's gonna, that's how he's gonna, <laughs> that's how he's gonna, yeah, do that's it. how he's gonna hold her right, right. now. That's how he's sure. gonna play with her right now. Yeah. That's what he's gonna do. And just like really trusting me with that was, you know, great. I wouldn't have had it any other way, but you know, it's just like, all right, this is, this is cool. There's, we're doing this together. This right. is not like a hyper possessiveness where you just couldn't have a life. I right, really like almost like a martyr syndrome. Like, woe is me. I can never do anything besides my kids. I can never uh, think about anything besides my kids. I they just rule and reign in my mind, in my life, on my schedule, in my relationships. They are, they just totally dominate, and that's what selfless parents. Yeah. And that can actually. I mean, I was describing you know younger kids, but that can fully happen in teenage life too, sure. where kids are so much the center of your universe. Um, not only is that unhealthy for a million things in a million ways, but for, but them, that, too. for them too. Yeah. That, you know, like letting, not wanting to say no to your teenagers and wanting to be your teenagers, best friends and, um, allowing them to have everything they want, or I don't know, it can flesh out in a lot of ways. So it definitely, that interpretation of selflessness can happen with teenagers too, mm -hmm. for sure. Very driven by the identity that you sense that God had given to you as you looked into his word. So I think what I mean by that is you realized God has made me into a mother, but not only a mother. He's right. also made me into a wife, but not only a wife. He's made me into a child of God who's in relationship with him. And I think a lot of times what I see happening is it's less about, you know, for, for people who are on the spectrum of like where it's a selfishness kind of spectrum and they're, you know, like, Hey, you really, you really do need to work on serving your, your family a little bit better, whether you're a mom or a dad. I think that a lot of times what I hear, it's more about me, my identity, who yeah. I am, what I need. And it's not so much of a, as a child of God, this is where I need to go and what I, what I know that I'm going to need because I'm his child. It's a little bit more of I'm a woman and this is what, or I'm a man and this is what I need. And I think I just always saw you kind of thinking through the grid of, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a woman, but first I'm God's child. And yeah. you know, the, there's a multi-layered 
identity that he's given to me that I need to run in, but I need to be faithfully stewarding all of these roles and, and identities that he's put in my life. Does that yeah. make, make yeah, sense? For sure. In fact, to me, I would almost like highlight that word faithful and almost not that it, not that it's all that important, but I would almost eliminate the word in, at least in the way that I think about it, I would almost eliminate the word identity because I feel like hmm. identity is like all about child of God. Identity is all about God gives me value. God God made me, God loves me, I'm his, I belong to him. And then all these different roles are just callings. Yeah. Yeah. They're just things that you're, you're called to be faithful in. Yeah. Um, so motherhood is a calling. Motherhood is a role to be faithful in, but it's not the thing that is um, going to not just define me, but like make me more or less important, make me more or less loved, make me, it's the thing that is, was always very serious to me and still is, is like, am I doing a good job with what God's asked me to do? And that helps to separate, not, not to earn his approval Mm -hmm. or to earn my kids approval or to earn anybody else's approval, but just because I love God and I want to be faithful to this calling that he's given to me. So yeah, faithful is the word that really kind of was like a framework for me to think things through, be faithful to the role, be faithful to the calling, but, yeah. but not, you know, find like identity that. in it. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Well, I'm going to strike from the record. Okay. Your identity as a mother. <laughs> Thank you for that. Your identity as a child, is as a child of God, you're yeah. in Christ. And then he has bestowed on you these yeah. roles that yep. you want to be yep. faithful in. So I've heard you talk about how <clears throat> kind of on this subject about, Uh, servanthood as a parent. I've heard you talk about how Jesus is the great example of servanthood. We alluded to that earlier, but what I've heard you say, I thought this was interesting is that Jesus had a bigger and better definition of service than we have a lot of times. So I think we've been kind of highlighting the, the lame definition of service. Like I'll never take a shower because now I have a kid or I'm never going to finish a meal because now I have a kid or I can't go out to eat because now I have a kid, you know, or whatever. We're trying to dispense with those lame versions of Mm -hmm. servanthood, but you're saying Jesus had a bigger definition definition of it. What what do you mean by that? Well, I just think in his words and in his life, what he modeled, it was, it was so much different from that. It wasn't, he he completely sacrificed personally, obviously the ultimate sacrifice, right? Like he gave up his entire life and daily he was laying down what he wanted for the sake of the people, the crowds, the disciples. So it's not that Jesus was like balancing, you know, self-preservation and me time versus disciple time. But what in his definition of selflessness, it was like, I'm going to do hard things for these disciples. I'm going to allow hard things. I'm going to teach them through hard things. I'm going to be with them when I don't feel like being with them. I'm going to teach them hard truths. I'm going to, um, you know, um, celebrate them and love them and spend time with them and give myself my attention to them. It's all of those kinds of things in those kinds of ways that Jesus defined selflessness where he wasn't prioritizing himself, but he was prioritizing them both in hard things and in good things like relational things. 
So. I love that. I just, I love thinking about that as, um, the selfless, uh, a real selfless part of parenting. It's, mm-hmm. it's not that I want to escape any of those just like practical, you know, like changing a diaper, right. Cleaning a room, That's the reality. you know, giving a ride like that. That is definitely also part of, you know, the selflessness of being a parent. It's been one of the greatest things in the world yeah. to happen in my life, you know, to just realize like, it's not about you. It's never been about me, but back in the day before I had kids, before I was married, I think maybe sure. a little bit, I kind of thought I, it, it was about me yeah. and I could still slip into that. And so being a parent or all these other roles that God puts in my life, being a husband, being a pastor, they're helpful to remind me it's not about you. It's about other people. It's about what God's doing on the earth. It's about what he wants to do through your life. Um, but the idea of, Jesus did these hard parental things in the lives of his disciples Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, saying the hard things to your kids or creating a plan. I was just talking to a dad this morning about he's putting together just this like intentional process and plan with his son as his son gets older, you know, it, it takes work and ingenuity, but that is part of what it is to be selfless. Jesus Absolutely. was intentionally parenting, you could say, or raising ding, up ding, ding. His, his disciples. <laughs> Intentional parenting oh, conference yeah, plug. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably going out after that, right? <laughs> uh, for Yeah, for those of you guys listening right now, what's Christina talking about? We're, I think we're releasing this uh, just a few days before the Intentional Parenting Conference at Calvary Monterey. Okay. So, uh, those won't be available online, but we will recommend that the you book, come. Raising Passionate Jesus Followers, or if you listen to this podcast in time, you could come if you're in the Monterey area. We'd love to have you uh, out at that. Or if you just miss it and you would like the, to see the video version of the conference, you can go to the Intentional Parenting website and you can. Uh, we'll put the link to that in our show notes and you could uh, purchase the videos uh, for yourself and uh, for your family to be able to watch. But yeah, just the, the selflessness of, uh, of Jesus. So, um, if we're not talking about, um, the total elimination of boundaries or the elimination of self care, if we're not talking about the elimination of prioritizing your marriage, then what are we talking about when we talk about selflessness in parenting? You know, what are, what are ways that a mom or a dad can be selfless and, and yeah. serve? Yeah. Okay. Let's well, I, I kind of have two categories in my mind. Um, and obviously this is not exhaustive, but I think there are the hard things. And I think there are, um, there are the things that take, I think there are the relational things is what I'm trying to say. Not that the hard things aren't relational, but there are hard things that require selflessness, but that will bear so much fruit in the life of your kid that if you can 
ask the Holy Spirit to give you the strength to do them, you will reap the benefits, you know? So some of those hard things, you know, like we were saying a a minute ago are really being willing to tell your kids the truth, um, from an early age at an age appropriate level, but being willing to tell your kids the truth, the truth about themselves, the truth about sin, the truth about the world around them, even if it's going to make them stand out in a culture, you know, or even if it's going to be a hard thing for them to hear. I think a hard thing is training and discipline because it's, it's easy. It's easier to give into our moods as parents, whether when we're tired, when we're, um, over it at the end of a day or all of that, it's so much easier to quit on training and follow through and discipline. But the selfless thing is to lay ourselves on the line and to go, no, I'm going to get up one more time and I'm going to train them one more time. And I'm going to make them repeat that thing, that little action that I just told them to do. That's, uh, I'm going to make them do it one more time. I'm going to make them sit in a timeout one more time. I'm going to, even if I know it's going to cost me because they're going to throw a fit or they're going to be mad at me if they're a teenager or they're going to, um, cry or, you know, it's going to cost me in their attitudes and their reactions, but I'm willing to continue to persevere in that hard training and disciplining process. Um, when it makes more work for me in the moment, those are the, some of the hard things that come to mind. And then some of the selfless things relationally that I think other parents maybe forget about is like really taking the time in every stage of your kid's life to connect with your kids, to read to them, to look them eye to eye, to play with them, to give them your full attention for 15 minutes, you know, to really actually connect to them. Jesus modeled that too. He showed us what it looked like to just be with his mm-hmm. disciples. Mm-hmm. And I think our kids need us, but that requires selflessness. It's so easy to sit in a room with your kids and be on your phone, whether they're two or 12 or, you know, whatever, but that's not giving yourself to them. And right. Jesus gave himself. So that's selfless parenting. That's like kids can tell when oh, you're distracted. Man. Yeah. You know, even if Absolutely. you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm not looking at my phone right now. Like if it's right. there, I mean, the, that just they, happened last night, totally. you know, in our house. And it was like, uh, we got checked like, Oh, you're right. You know, one of our teenage daughters, I guess everyone's just going to be on their devices. <laughs> yep. She was so right. And yeah. I tried to quickly put mine down, you know, they can tell. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then relationally, like being willing to, um, even make a plan, like you're saying, you were saying earlier, mm-hmm. um, to teach your kids, uh, again, at every stage, like, how am I going to teach them about life? How am I going to teach them about Jesus? How am I going to read the Bible to them or instruct them about the Lord and all of that? Like really making that like a priority in your life. That's a super sacrificial thing. Cause it's not convenient. It can feel awkward. You get eye rolls at some point in the game, mm-hmm. depending on the ages or the temperaments of the kids, you get bad attitudes. They don't want to hear it, but like that is sacrificial selfless parenting is continuing and persevering in relationship and teaching and all those other things. So, yeah. I'm just having this memory of, um, in those early years, you know, you talk about, um, talking with your kids, you know, and, and really like giving them that kind of attention and time. I think one of the reasons our girls 
they, they all seemed to have spoken really early and they all had really big vocabularies and, you know, would, yeah. they were just very conversant. But I think it was because of the way that you would read to them a lot and then the way that you spoke to them. You, when I recall it, really did not talk to them like they were babies. <laughs> you, you, you would, you would, I mean, you would use words that they would understand yeah. But you weren't using baby talk. Mm. You were trying to get them to track with you right. and like right. get in their little world. And but you were very available to them mm. to be able to like express themselves. And that can be in a fast paced world. You know, we got so much going on. So it can be much. hard to just take that time to serve your kid in that way to even just listen to them, it's you so know, huge. to put them to bed at the end of the day or um, sit with them on the couch and just listen to them sharing whatever they want to share with you or playing with them or whatever. It just takes energy yeah. and we're tired people. We're spending our lives in a lot of different directions. So I love that sacrificial yeah. way of doing things. Um, I have a bonus question Let's for you. It. I think this might just be maybe if this doesn't, if, if you don't like this one, we can just throw it out. But, <laughs> uh, I'm thinking about just a bonus question for especially moms who are younger in that younger stage. I suppose it could pertain to fathers who are parenting young children as yeah. well. But <clears throat> I think a lot of the examples that you used earlier about just, you know, selflessness is not saying I can't take a shower. I can't eat a meal. I can't right. do my devos. It's not those things. I think a lot of those, like we said already, that kind of pertain to that younger um, uh, childhood stage, you know, babies, toddlers, all of that. And um, I'm curious, what was your strategy when your kids were that age to being able to get some of those times? Because as far as I remember it, it wasn't like, oh, I want to have devos, so I better get Nate to watch the kid every time I'm going to read my Bible. I have to have my husband mm. watch them or every yeah. time I want to read a book, I have to get a babysitter or sure. every time like it seemed like you had little things that you would do that over time just developed to where it was like, no, oh, they're able. They're like, OK. They're right. spending a little time on their own right. and you're able to get some time to yourself. Right. Yeah. Well, um, that's kind of a long game question. It's like a, it w I definitely read some books and had some methodologies, um, that aren't like out of the Bible, but were very helpful. Um, so for, for me, um, I mean, look, I can relate to the mom who can't get in a quiet time in that first year, it is hard. That and like first year baby, right, so sleepless night, every time you open the Bible, if you get a minute, you're falling asleep. For sure. Like it's tough. There's no, like nobody wants to be a legalist about this kind of thing. Everybody no. um, understands it's hard. And you know, different marriages have different dynamics. Sometimes so. I just imagine Jesus like just being like, take okay. a nap, yeah. take a nap. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah. hundred um, percent. 
but like, so I'm speaking in much more, I want to speak in much more general terms sure. and not like put a burden on moms if they're listening. No, or let's as do they're it. Listening. Let's lay a real legalistic <laughs> trip on them. But I did have a methodology where from a very young age, probably I, I think it started when they were, I don't know, six months, um, they learned to be sort of by themselves. So when they were the littlest, it was in a pack and play for a short amount of minutes. And then we expanded those minutes. And then, then it, it, um, when they were toddlers, it got to a place of, they had, you know, room time. Um, and then, so yeah, but it was all about training in, in the sense Ah, of, I wasn't just like putting them in there, letting them cry it out. It was like little by little built up to it over time, building up their tolerance for it. Their alone skills, their alone skills. Yeah. Their ability to be by themselves or be with just a sibling, but it wasn't like tremendously long amounts of time, um, altogether anyway, even in the end. But yeah, it was definitely a building up process and teaching them, um, putting them environments where there wasn't a ton of things that they could get in trouble with. It like limited their options. Yeah. Um, it wasn't just like, I want to be alone. You go have alone time. And they're just like roaming the whole house. Like what toddler can handle that level of responsibility? No, they can't. Um, so putting them in environments where it was possible for them to succeed, but training them up to that point to have the patience for it. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of a long game. So alone time for you wasn't just following them around being like, oh, no, don't touch that. No, 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 don't touch that. No, yeah. no, 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 don't touch that. No, okay. no, not for me. <laughs> but there was plenty of that beyond those 30 minutes <laughs> Okay. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I know we could talk about parenting uh, forever um, and I would love to have you on. Uh, to talk more about yeah. parenting and uh, we, you know, I think there's plenty that we could get into on, you know, the specifics of motherhood, fatherhood, right. different stages of parenting, uh, different ages of children, stuff like that. But thanks for helping us think about the idea of being selfless as parents. It's always so fun to have you in here to talk. And uh, in the future, I want to have you in here to talk about uh, marriage with me and uh, just try to help me figure out what to do better as a husband. Yeah, I really need this, but um, I'm looking forward to that. But as we wrap it up, I I would love to ask you two additional questions. First, what is uh, one book that you would recommend to parents? Okay. If it's to parents, then I think it's going to be the Raising Passionate Jesus Followers, right? That's the name of it. Mm-hmm. That's the proper title by Phil and Diane Comer. That's just so comprehensive um, with such a good um, theme. So I would recommend yeah. that. If I'm talking to moms, I'm always going to say The Ministry of Motherhood by Sally Clarkson. Oh, okay. So if it's just for moms, Ministry of Motherhood, Yeah, snuck Sally in Clarkson. a second recommendation yeah, in there. I like that. <laughs> uh, that was unauthorized, yeah. but... I will allow it. I, I plug it at every moment I can. <laughs> Sally, if you're out there, <laughs> but one you of can... these, we got to get Sally Clarkson on the Jesus Famous podcast. Oh, that'd be man, so fun. That would yeah. be so cool. I'm going to have to read one of her books first, oh, but yeah. uh, unless maybe I'll have you do the interview that day. But I would love to talk to Sally Clarkson. She's great. Um, yeah, the Jesus uh, Raising Passionate Jesus, Jesus. Followers. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I always get it mixed up with Jesus Famous. Raising Passionate Jesus Followers. That book, Phil and Diane Comer. Wonderful. Part of the reason I love it is because um, 
it really, I mean, that just that title cuts to the core yeah, of like, as a I Christian meant. parent, this is what I'm yep. trying to do. I'm not my goal. trying, like my main goal isn't to raise a wealthy, well-educated, successful to society and culture human being. Nope. My main thing is I want them to love Jesus with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. So, I mean, rea- the reality is there's lots of people who are Christians in name who probably that book is going to not fit your flow as mm-hmm. a parent because, I mean, I'm not trying to be offensive, but you might not be a passionate Jesus follower yourself, or that might not be something that you're aspiring to. I think yeah. we're all asp- if, if we want that, it's just an aspiration. We're still trying to get there, you know, passionate Jesus follower. But you got to want that first as a parent right. before you can extend that to your child. So I love that. A uh, book I read recently that I want to recommend is uh, probably for parents who have already left the podcast by now because we're okay. talking about little kids right, a right, lot. Right, right, right. But I just read Doing Life with Your Adult Children by Jim Burns. And, um, here's a quote from it. He said, it's also important to know that this transition of moving from daily involvement and hands-on parenting to a more intermittent involvement will likely be an easier move for your kids than it is for you. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to live that in a minute Oh yeah, that's humbling, you know, like, aren't you so sad that things have changed? (laughs) No, not really, not at all. I'm really happy about this. I've been waiting for this moment. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really glad about it. But uh, I thought about not recommending it today because I knew we'd probably get into talking a lot about, you know, raising kids that are still in the home, little Mm -hmm. children and everything. However... If you've got a kid that's in that uh, late elementary, middle school, early teenage kind of uh, years, it's a great book to help prepare yeah. you for the future to kind of realize this is where it's going. If I'm this clingy, hands-on, helicopter kind of person, even into those years, I'm going to get wrecked by them moving on into adulthood. So kind of to see the finish line a little bit better Mm. and to see what life could be like in that stage, you start building for it even right now. So, and I love Phil and Diane Comer do that to a degree. Huge. Um, but that's even better. Can I give one more? I just had one. Totally. I'm not good at the one thing, I guess. Um, teenagers. Okay. My, by far, my favorite book that I've read on parents of teenagers is, um, Age of Opportunity by Paul David Tripp. Mm. Um, I think it's David Tripp, Paul Tripp. Um, I mean, man, that book is inspirational, challenging. Um, it gives you a vision for the teenage years. I mean, that's what the title says, Age of Opportunity. It's this beautiful opportunity to be in a whole new kind of relationship, but talk to your kids and relate to your kids in this whole new kind of way where, um, they're maturing and you're maturing. So yeah, I can't, I can't recommend that one enough too, is, um, age of opportunity. Okay. Well, I'm going to okay, recommend one better. more than oh! two myself. <laughs> I'll go with 12 huge mistakes. Parents can avoid. That's a great one. We, we could actually talk through that one at some point. Okay. Just I can't all, remember if I read that one. Things. I don't Jeez. think you ever did. I feel like um, a slouch. They were, I was making all the mistakes. You were, oh, you sure. Were, yeah, you yeah. were 12 for mm-hmm. 12. You were good to go. Okay, <laughs> let's wrap it up. What's one encouragement that you would give to mothers out there? Yeah, my encouragement to you is uh oh, I have two. 
<laughs> no, it's it's one. Uh, it's of course just, you do. You're staying on brand. I, I like know. it. It's just to pursue Jesus. Like wherever your kids are at, if you've got a nursing baby, listen to worship music, listen to some podcasts, try and get in the Psalms. If you've got toddlers, you know, find a way to fight for that time. But you, you just need him so much. Um, so that's my encouragement is to do whatever. If it's 15 minutes, you know, if you got 15 minutes, if you carve out 20 minutes, 10 minutes in the word and 10 minutes on a walk, like to be with Jesus, you just got to maintain that relationship with him. Not as, not as a, not to be in the habit of it or as a discipline, although it takes discipline, but because it's your lifeline, it's your, it's your lifeline. Yeah. He's going to give you life. He's going to, he is your life. So be with Jesus. And then secondly, I would say if you're married to prioritize your marriage, Uh, Um, that's like the best gift you can give your kids is, um, a healthy marriage. So find a way to prioritize your marriage. Yeah. Amen. When the two become one flesh and then they have kids, those kids are not part of that one flesh. You got to really focus on the marriage still. It's the best gift you can give to your kids. My encouragement that I'd give to the dads out there is lead, man, you know, be a leader in your home. That doesn't mean you have to be this filled with bravado, Chuck Norris type. Uh, but Paul, the apostle said that the ideal, you know, kind of exemplary man should manage his own household well. And I believe that that's a huge role for guys is to, Mm -hmm. to be a manager of the house. There's just personalities and schedules and finances and development that's happening. Get involved, you know, to, in, in your way, with your gifting, be involved. And uh, just by you doing that, you are being a leader yeah. uh, in your home. So thanks so much for being here, hun, and yeah. uh, chatting with me about this. So thanks for joining us here at the Jesus Famous Podcast. And uh, again, just to remind you, our new posting schedule will have an episode in two weeks. So thanks for joining us today. And uh, we really appreciate it. And we'll catch up with you in two more weeks. God bless you.